Welcome to the 7th edition of HGF's Fashionably IP podcast. My name's Rebecca Field, I'm a Chartered Trademark Attorney at IP law firm HGF and I'm joined by my colleague Lee Curtis, also a Chartered Trademark Attorney at HGF. Hello. As you know, the Fashionably IP podcast has been developed from the success of the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group, which is run by us and now has over 12,000 members, including many of the leading IP council across the world, both in-house and in private practice. This podcast series finds inspiration from the subjects commented on in that group. If you're not a member of the Fashion and IP group, please find it amongst the groups on LinkedIn and apply to join. To be clear, this podcast is not legal advice, and if you have any queries on the points we have raised, please contact us directly at either rfield at hgf.com or lee at lcurtis at hgf.com. This podcast concerns the issue of shapes in the world of fashion. However, we thought we'd firstly tell you just a little bit about HGF. So HGF, well, HGF is one of the leading IP firms in Europe. We have offices across the UK, the Republic of Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. We manage the IP portfolios of many of the world's leading companies and can do all things IP, whether that is clearing your IP, registering your IP or enforcing your IP. Now back to Rebecca and fashion. So in this seventh podcast, we are going to be discussing the protection of shape trademarks in the world of fashion. This discussion was inspired by a recent decision of the Second Board of Appeal of the European Union Intellectual Property Office to refuse the registration of the shape of the so-called saddlebag by Christian Dior on the 7th of September 2022 and which was discussed on the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group. Why is the issue of shape trademarks an important subject in the world of fashion, Lee? Well, the issue of shapes come into many forms of fashion, the shape of an iconic perfume bottle, a cosmetic holder, uh, lipstick, the shape of a handbag or fashion accessory can all be key differentiators in the marketplace. If one can protect a shape of a product via a trademark registration, it circumvents one of the big disadvantages of design uh, protection, notably that it is limited in time. For example, in the EU, Unregistered design right, which is the key unregistered design right for fashion items, uh, only lasts three years from the first uh, making of the design being made available to the public. And registered design protection in the UK and EU lasts only up to a maximum of 25 years. A trademark registration, in theory, can be renewed forever. So when considering the registration of shaped trademarks in fashion, has there been a key ruling established by case law, Rebecca? Well, case law both in the UK and the EU has established that for a shape to be deemed inherently distinctive as a trademark, it must differ significantly from the norms or customs in the sector of the market of goods in the fashion sector. The emphasis is on the words differ significantly. So in the fashion sector, the look of the fashion item concerned must differ significantly as to what has gone before at the time of application for registration. Now, a shape which is inherently non-distinctive can be deemed distinctive if it has acquired distinctiveness through use. However, the difficulty here is that although the courts in the UK and EU have tried to hold that all trademarks are equal, 
They have found in the past that the public find it harder to distinguish products by shape than by a word mark, for example. Also, evidence of distinctiveness through use must apply to the whole of the territory where registration is being sought, which might prove difficult for the European Union, for example. Also, one must remember that if the shape concerned consists exclusively of a shape which A, results from the nature of the goods themselves, so the product, or B, is necessary to obtain a technical function, or C, gives substantial value to the goods, no amount of use is enough to show distinctiveness through use. So, is it hard to register shape trademarks in the UK and the EU, Lee? Yes, it is difficult to register uh, shape trademarks, but not impossible. Uh, One uh, notable victory in the registration of shape trademarks in the world of fashion was the decision of the General Court of the European Union on the 14th of July uh, 2021 to overturn the refusal of the Board of Appeal of the European uh, Intellectual Property Office um, and allow the registration of the shape of a lipstick applicator or case In that case, the test uh, that the shape must depart significantly from the norms or customs of the industry was reiterated. However, the court stated that the norm or customs of the sector cannot be reduced to the statistically most common form only, but include all shapes which the customer is accustomed to seeing on the market. The finding might be viewed as hard uh, for any shape applicant, but on balance makes it more likely that the shape could be held inherently distinctive. Further, the General Court held, although there was no requirement for novelty or originality, or that the trade press considered the shape revolutionary, and indeed uh, the uh, General Court held that the Board of Appeal was right, that this was not relevant, the General Court held that it was not inconceivable that the aesthetic aspect of the mark uh, consisting of the shape of the packaging or product, in this case a receptacle, may be taken into account. Among the other factors, in order to establish a difference in relation to the norm or customs of a sector, provided that the aesthetic aspect is understood to referring to the objective and uncommon visual effect produced by the specific design of that mark. In the uh, Ghislaine case, the lipstick applicator held uh, to resemble um, a ship's hull or a baby uh, cradle and did depart significantly from the norms of the industry and was held inherently distinctive. Now, the Ghislaine case might have given Christian Dior hope in the registration of the shape of their saddlebag handbag, but it was not to be, Rebecca. Indeed, it was not to be for Christian Dior and their saddlebag handbag. Now, this shape of handbag was originally designed by John Galliano in 1999 for Dior, It had achieved a certain amount of notoriety via its appearance in films and TV shows, most notably Sex in the City. However, in the decision of the Board of Appeal of the 7th of September uh, 2022, it should be remembered that the use made was largely irrelevant. By a quirk of EU trademark practice, the Board of Appeal was only considering Dior's initial claim that the shape of the handbag was inherently distinctive and not that it had acquired distinctiveness through use. I think this is where some commentators have, I think wrongly, been overcritical of the decision of the Board of Appeal. The use of the shape as a badge of trade origin is irrelevant in the consideration of the inherent distinctiveness of a trademark. 
Indeed, this consideration of you seemed to creep into Dior's submissions in this appeal. In short, the Board of Appeal held that the shape of the saddle did not differ significantly from the norms and customs in the handbag sector itself. The Board emphasised that the shape had to differ significantly, not that it was simply different. Dior argued that its saddlebag handbag was sold in the haute couture and luxury ready-to-wear fashion sector, and thus there was a high degree of attentiveness of the average consumer in this sector. This argument was rejected by the Board of Appeal, stating that there were multiple price points in the handbag sector. Indeed, I would make the point that Dior was seeking registration for all types of bags, not just expensive ones, and thus the Board of Appeal was correct on this point. Dior also argued that the shape of the bag resembled a riding saddle, which had never been used in the handbag sector before, and that an internet search showed that the Dior bag differed significantly to what had gone before. Here, I do have more sympathy for Dior's arguments, but the Board of Appeal rejected them on the basis that the bag sector was characterised by a variety of shapes and that its bag was not a significant departure from the norm. The Board did allow the registration to proceed for other goods covered by the application, such as eyeglasses and sunglasses, but that seemed a sort of hollow victory for Dior, as the key good for which registration was sought was handbags and we doubt they will be selling saddle-shaped sunglasses any time soon. Now, it is possible that Dior will appeal this decision to the General Court, and as in the case of the Ghislaine decision that you discussed, Lee, that the General Court will overturn the decision of the Board of Appeal. However, Dior also have the option of falling back on their so-called subsidiary claim of acquired distinctiveness through use. The Board of Appeal referred this application back to the examiner at the EUIPO to consider that claim, And Dior, if they do not appeal the decision, they will have the opportunity to file evidence of acquired distinctiveness through use. Now, they will have to show the shape of their saddlebag across the whole of the EU, or at least a very substantial part. But given the use of the bag by Christian Dior, I would argue that they would stand a reasonably good chance of succeeding in such an application. So not all is lost here. What are the takeaways from the Ghislaine and Dior cases, Lee? Well, I agree with you that the Board of Appeal has probably been unjustly criticised for its decision in the Christian Dior saddlebag case. When asked to remember that the Board and the IP offices in the UK and EU, for example, do have a public policy imperative to prevent the registration of shapes uh, which unjustly constrain competition, and the Board did not consider the issue of distinctiveness acquired through use. The registration of shapes is indeed hard as trademarks, particularly in um, the world of fashion, where design and branding elements often merge. However, it is not impossible for shapes to be deemed inherently distinctive, as the uh, Ghislaine case showed. Although it wasn't a fashion item, I did once convince the EU IPO to waive objections to the inherent distinctiveness of the shape of a wine bottle although apparently it was the favourite wine of Napoleon Bonaparte. Even if uh, Christian Dior do not appeal their Board of uh, Appeal decision or lose on appeal, I think it is likely that they will succeed in registering their saddlebag as a trademark based on acquired distinctiveness. It will just take good and well thought through evidence. If you're thinking about registering a shape as a trademark, maybe do a staged approach. Uh, maybe initially register the shape with the word mark applied. I appreciate that most of the so-called equity in such a registration 
would vest in the word uh, as, but it is a starting step. Also, we're registering shapes. Think about what is distinctive. Is it shape combined with another element such as a color? I know, Rebecca, you've been successful in registering combinations of shapes, color, and sizes of products as trademarks. Also, if you have to rely on evidence of acquired distinctiveness, it will have to be well thought through and geographically wide, especially if you're seeking registration uh, in the EU. We hope you have enjoyed our seventh Fashionably IP podcast and more will follow in the months to come. Please do feel free to share this podcast and rate on the various platforms. Also feel free, if you have not already done so, listen to our previous podcast episodes. You should also be aware that HGF is running a retail IP conference on the 1st of December 2022 in London, which does touch on fashion issues. So please look out for the invites and notifications of that event, which we will also post online. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.